Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Back in 1988, two entomologists, Joe Lewis and Jim Tumlinson, joined in a project that, for the first time, uncovered the ability of an insect to learn through association. It was, at the time, not only novel, it was an out-and-out revelation. An insect, in this case the parasitic wasp, which feeds on and eventually kills certain agricultural pests, could learn in a most basic way. Think Pavlov's dogs, except smaller and buzzier. From that study and other similar research by, for example, DARPA, the U.S. Department of Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, we have spun forward to the point where honeybees now have successfully sniffed out long-buried landmines in Croatia. That's a long way from some 30 years ago when Lewis and Tumlinson released their findings in Nature magazine to the astonishment of many. 
Lewis said, you talk about training an insect, period, and you get the look. The eyes start narrowing. It just doesn't make sense. So how did they start making sense of it? Let's talk about associative learning. The whole idea behind this is fairly simple, even if no one dreamed decades ago that insects could do it. With Pavlov's dogs, when an outside stimulus, a bell is often cited, was associated with food, the dogs salivated. The dogs learned, intuitively, that the bell meant food was coming. For the Lewis Tumlinson wasps, various odors that the wasps didn't normally recognize, like vanilla or chocolate, were mixed with something that was associated with the pests that these parasitic wasps were trying to make their hosts— After a very short time, the wasps associated the vanilla or whatever with the insects that they wanted to attack and thus would fly toward the odor. It took less than five minutes to train the wasps, which, like bees and dogs, have olfactory senses thousands of times more powerful than a human's. As the studies continued, new researchers linked the smell of various chemical compounds and explosives to food. Today, a honeybee trained for just two days could associate the smell of explosives with food and seek out that smell. Two big advantages to training insects to track odors rather than, say, a dog, they learn faster, and there's a lot more of them to teach. But releasing a swarm of wasps or bees onto a battlefield, or even a now-quiet meadow in Croatia that may be littered with mines, has its challenges, of course— Tracking the insects is foremost among them. It's impossible, as Tumlinson points out, to put chips on each of them. And you can't, as Lewis says, put a leash on a bee. Still, scientists can trace the insects' movements, in at least small numbers, through devices like drones and webcams and something early researchers called a wasp hound. Lewis's wasp hound, about the size of a large coin, contains five wasps, a tiny camera, and a computer fan that pulls air through a small hole in the bottom of the device. When the hound comes near the target smell, the wasps, Lewis says, cluster around that little hole like pigs to a trough. Another problem researchers face is scale. Training one wasp or one bee at a time can be laborious. Scientists have come up with methods to train more than that. But insects, like people, learn at different rates, so mass learning is not as accurate. In addition, bad weather or anything that disrupts the insect's ability to smell can cause difficulties. Research is continuing. Tumlinson and Lewis never envisioned bees sniffing out bombs. Tumlinson is a professor of entomology at Penn State, and Lewis, a retired professor and a research entomologist with the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Tifton, Georgia. They were looking for ways to control pests biologically rather than with pesticides. And in fact, they were very successful at it. Along with UK scientist John Pickett, Lewis and Tumlinson won the 2008 Wolf Prize for Agriculture, considered by many as a type of Nobel Prize in the field. From the official announcement on the Wolf Foundation website, they were awarded the prize, quote, for their remarkable discoveries of mechanisms governing plant-insect and plant-plant interactions. Their scientific contributions on chemical ecology have fostered the development of integrated pest management and significantly advanced agricultural sustainability. Whether their work eventually will help form the basis of a widespread practical use of bees and wasps in sniffing out bombs or drugs remains to be seen. Even they have some doubts. Tumlinson said, You can train insects to find a mine. That's not a problem. But then you release them into the field to find a mine. How do you track them? Unless someone comes up with a small chip so that you can track them with some electronic means, I don't see how in the world you can use them. 
And says Lewis, to move it from the lab to the actual field, you have to scale it up and refine it. But we clearly can see that it can be practical in development. It's technically feasible. It's all on valid science. The ability is there. It's about the demand for it and putting the infrastructure in place for that. Scientists have been trying to find ways to harness the remarkable power of smell for years. Bees, some believe, have such strong abilities that they can smell out illnesses, even cancer. A Spanish designer went so far as developing a prototype bowl, complete with honeybees, that you can breathe into to see how the bees react as a sort of proto-diagnosis. And tests are being done in California with cancer-detecting dogs, too. Today's episode was written by John Donovan and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff has merch now. You can get phone cases, tote bags, and of course, t-shirts. Every purchase helps keep the show going and supports us directly. You can find all that stuff at tpublic.com slash brainstuff. For more on this and lots of other developing topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work.